welcome to this week's episode of Making It to the Mic. I'm your host, Stephanie Pam Roberts, and my guest today is Andrea Bean. Andrea is an agent and co-founder of the talent agency AB Squared. A few weeks ago, I interviewed her partner, Angelina, so if you haven't already, please check out that episode as well, which I'll link in the show notes. I've been working with Andrea for years, but this was the first time I've had the chance to sit down with her and chat like this. We cover everything from her process of listening through submissions to script analysis to authenticity in your reads and so much more. So let's dive in. Here's my conversation with Andrea Bean. Hi, Andrea. How are you today? Hey, Stephanie. I am doing great, and I'm so glad to be here. You're, you know, of course, you're one of our amazing talents at AB Squared, and I'm thrilled that you invited me to visit with you. Amazing. I'm so glad you're here. So I'd love to start by asking you to tell us about your journey. How did you get to where you are behind the mic as an agent? Well, I think you have to start back when I was in my 20s and I was going to art school and I I was exploring a lot of different kinds of mediums and I ended up doing performance art. And there was one point that I was on the stage. I was an actor in performance artist actor in someone else's production. And when the production was over, more than one person came up to me and said, oh, my gosh, you have such great stage presence you should go into acting. And of course I was in Los Angeles area and I was like, Oh, I never thought of that before. So I started down a path of looking for an agent. And let me say, this is back in the eighties, um, uh, early eighties. I got some headshots and, um, looked for an agent. This was back when you had to print everything out on paper and mail it. And hopefully, you know, that someone got it and looked at it. Um, I never successfully, acquired an agent. And I did um, a few things uh, for free. Well, everything was for free. Let me just say that. (laughs) (laughs) But there was actually one film that I did that was pretty cool. It's kind of a cult film. And then I just at one point decided it wasn't for me and moved on. I ended up doing set painting um, on sets for movies. And, uh, you know, before I stopped acting, I had, I joined a, uh, a theater company and Angelina Bruno was in that theater company and we became very, very good friends. And we've been friends ever since those days back in Hollywood in our twenties. And, um, so then you can kind of flash forward to life, family. I taught art for 15 years in the public school and I was really getting done with that as well. And, um, I was living in Austin and someone I knew, she owned a um, talent agency. And so I started doing voiceover work for her, talent agency work for her. And I found out I really liked it. I liked talking to people. I liked, um, you know, finding new talent and sending out the auditions and listening to them and meeting the producers and booking the talent. And, you know, I had a knack for it. So I did that for a while and, um, and then I didn't do it with her and I decided, you know, I really want to open a business and who better than, you know, my friend of 30 years. And so I reached out to Angelina and we decided to open a, a talent agency and she was going to head up the theatrical talent agency and I was going to do the voiceover because that's what I knew. And um, we decided that we were going to open a California agency and, um, and be SAG. So that's why we ended up in California. Things progressed and we decided we wanted a commercial division. And then that's when I moved to Los Angeles. 
you know, things were growing and building on the VO side. Um, and there was a point in, in 2019 that we decided to lay down and, and all just started around 2015. So that's, I would say the birth of the agency was in 2015. And so we laid down the commercial and theatrical on camera in 2019. And then we figured out how the two of us could work in voiceover together. And, um, you know, it's, it's always changing and fluctuating. And as things grow, you know, we, we find new ways to do things better. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so that's kind of how it happened. And, you know, I always say that, you know, we're the agents we wish we had had. You know, mm. I never had one. She actually had one. <laughs> and, uh, but, you know, just talent today has so many options. They can promote themselves in so many ways. Uh, you know, we really were like, well, you know, you pick up the Hollywood Reporter on Thursday and you look to see what auditions are in there and you have to call people. And, you know, it was crazy. And I, I just think, you know, talent has so many more opportunities, so much more availability to them to produce them, themselves, to promote themselves that as an agency, you know, gone are the days where we make or break talent, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, and uh, you know, I like to think we're a piece of, of your pie, you know, we can't be the whole shebang, but we're a piece of it. So, uh, yeah, that's our little story and philosophy, so to speak. Yeah, I love that. I think Angelina said something similar about being the agent you wish you had. And I think that's that's so cool because, you know, for those of us who are lucky enough to have an agent, it can be a stressful relationship sometimes, especially if you you don't really know the person or you feel intimidated by them or whatever. And I love that your philosophy is to just be, you know, that person that you wish you were able to go to when you were performing. When Angelina and I talked, she kind of described it as, you know, like a two-man operation. You guys do everything from ordering stamps to, you know, negotiating the biggest job. How would you describe your role at AB Squared? Well, my role continues to be um, finding the talent and, you know, listening. We get a lot. We get a lot of people sending in their submissions. So I listen to them not as often as I would like to because a lot of other things are happening, but I listen to the talent. So what we're what we're asking for now is your commercial voiceover, a recent audition you did with a conversational, authentic, just you being you specs, and uh, if you have Swerth Connect and your and your resume. You know, we're really looking for people that have been booking. Um, not to say that we wouldn't take a new person, but. They've got to be really dedicated and ready to be all in. Hmm. And, you know, that's hard. That's a, that's kind of a hard request, right? So um, I think I've gotten off the track. But anyway, so I listen to submissions. And then um, I have uh, casting people who contact me directly. And I take, take those emails and turn them into auditions for y'all. And then I listen to those auditions and send them back to casting. And then I book those people. Angelina does a similar process where she is listening and sending out auditions to a couple of different platforms that we're a part of. And then she also gets uh, people emailing her directly, um, you know, because people are starting to find us, you know, people who may live in the Philippines or people who, uh, you know, I'll say, how did you hear about us? Oh, I just Googled you. You know, I just Googled or I went to this platform and you were on it. And so, 
we called you. You know, and it's, I guess it's lucky that we have, we're AB2, uh, AB squared, because, you know, we're at the top of the list. So if they're going down the list, they catch us first, which is great, you know, because we're always looking for new opportunities for our talent. So that's pretty much what I do all day long. And um, it often goes late into the night uh, because I like to listen to everything before I go to sleep. So in the morning, you never know what's going to come through email. It's not like I can, you know, I, of course, schedule this activity with you today, but, and, and hopefully I don't get a lot of auditions that are time sensitive. I'll be like, oh, but, uh, you know, I can schedule things, but I'm always carrying my computer with me. It's, it's the kind of job you can be anywhere, but you're always on call. And, um, you know, I've been known to have friends like, you're always working. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I'm working when there's work. <laughs> and, and so um, it, it has a lot of flexibility. But again, you know, I'm always working unless I'm sleeping. <laughs> right. I think we as voice actors sometimes think of agents as like this almighty group of people. But you're hustling just as hard as we are because if you don't find those jobs from the casting directors or if you miss one or whatever, then you also don't get the opportunity to work on that project and get paid. Right. Yeah. I mean, and sometimes you're just so busy kind of keeping status quo. You're, you, you know, it's like, oh, gosh, I know I need to go do this. Like when I want to listen to people, because that's another way when we bring new people in, there's more opportunity for them to book. You know, they might we might not have that voice. They might be, you know, super bookable, um, you know, for what what's out there right now. They may be in a little niche that we don't have. You know, I, it, somebody said, don't use the word hustle. You know, it's like, it's negative. But I, I just think it means to just be on top of your game and always looking for opportunities. And, and one of the things we do, and it may not sit well with some talent, um, is that we're always, you know, we're asking for referrals on things that are unusual uh, requests, you know, we need somebody who speaks a certain language or is from a certain country, um, you know, because this industry, this this part of the industry, the voiceover industry uh, is, is just so welcoming and generous and people are looking out for each other. And I can't say that as always, you know in the other, you know, on camera or commercial or theatrical, whatever. Um, it just feels, it feels friendlier. It feels like everybody is lifting everyone up. Mm -hmm. And I love that. So can I ask who gets the really fun job of dealing with money and payments from clients? So I, I'm the one that writes all the, well, not all of them, but I write invoices and then I'm like the, uh, the, the uh, what do you call it? The collectors, <laughs> you, know? Um, you know, it's been a month. Well, usually at a month, I, you know, I might have a gentle reminder, but um, you know, we have one producer that I know it takes in 90 days to pay. And every time we book with them, you know, I'm like, Hey, just to let you know, it's, <laughs> you're, it's going to be about 90 days before you get paid you know? <laughs> or talent asks, but I always still talent because we are at the bottom of the food chain. Um, and I'm dealing with a big yogurt company right now um, who they're the, so, so the ad agency hasn't gotten paid yet. And so they can't pay us just like we can't pay you. Mm -hmm. You know, I'd love to pay you, you know, that thousand dollars right now, but I can't cause I haven't gotten it, you know? Um, and I know I, you know, we've never not gotten paid. Okay. 
Um, it may, it took us nine months once to get paid $250. Oh my gosh. But I got that money for our talent. Um, so I'm the pit bull of the, the money end. and just, uh, like she's, she does all the banking and she's the one that writes you the checks and, uh, we keep a spreadsheet and all that. Like I never, never, ever used spreadsheets before, but I'm like, I'm like, you know, this is a spreadsheet. It's gotta be just right. You know, now I'm like, you know really anal about the spreadsheet. <laughs> um, but you know, it keeps us, it keeps us aligned. So I know, you know, I can start looking who owes us money and how to get it. And so that's another thing I do. And that's, that's usually, I usually do that in the evenings as well. Um, you know, especially if auditions are coming in and I have to listen and send them out. So, uh, you know, I might be doing that in the evening while I'm watching TV, which is funny because when I was teaching art, I would often be grading students' artwork while I was watching TV. And if they knew that, they probably would be like, oh my gosh. (laughs) But you do what you can and multitask uh, to make it work. So, you know, and and in the beginning, I was working weekends. In the beginning, we were both working weekends. And I remember when it shifted, but I was answering talents' emails on the weekends. And, And that's not to say that if, something really important comes in and we've got to get it out and they need it back by Sunday night, you know, I'll do that. And I'll apologize. Hey, I'm sorry to, you know, have any work on the weekend, but I don't do that anymore. I really, really take that weekend time seriously. So I'm, you know, now, you know, I'm in a nine to five job or a Monday through Friday job, not necessarily nine to five, but, uh, you know, I'm taking my weekends off. And that feels balanced. That feels a lot more balanced than um, working seven days a week. You know, but that doesn't mean that usually about Sunday night, if I've got things I need to listen to, I'll, you know, and get out in by Monday morning, I, I'll start listening. But, you know, it's not usually a ton of work. Yeah. When you send out auditions, you send them in a very formatted email with a Dropbox link, they the auditions always look the same. You always put, you know, the cer- certain things at the top, in the middle, at the bottom. And it's super, super organized. And I love it because I know when an audition comes in from you, I know exactly what to expect. I know what to look for, where to go for the information and where to send it in the Dropbox link. And I think it takes so much confusion and like, you know, stress out from us. Yeah. Well, you know, um, I really appreciate you mentioning that. Um and it sort of has developed over time. You know, we we have a template and, you know, I used to have it like in a sticky note. You know, we, we had to change too because you, we used to send everything out through email and now we have to do it through an email program because of all the spammers. So we, we you know, we have a whole system that has templates in it now. It's and, and again, it's it's developed over time. I like to think about well, what's the most important thing? And, and talent has helped us. Can you give us more information in the subject line so I know if I should pass or not? Um, can you put the due date so I can organize things? Can you, you know, um, once the whole home studio thing happened, you know, that bam, that needs to be right at the top because there's still some people that don't have all the specs on the home studio and. You know, so it just kind of developed and we like the way it looks, but, uh, you know, we're always willing to change it. We, we get auditions from casting that are, you know, one of our casting people, a couple of them have very clear, you know, I always know the same thing. I know where to look for what it's always there in the same order. And I appreciate that too. And some people just cut and paste what they got from somebody else. And, you know, then you're kind of hunting and pecking and maybe the usage isn't there and you've got to email back and, 
we try to be as, uh, you know, give you as much information as you need without overwhelming you. And some, some of them have gotten long, you know, <laughs> I like the sad ones cause they're usually pretty short and sweet, you know, a <laughs> couple, couple of lines for everything. Um, and then trying to give people more information about the roles, because if it's a female role, well, maybe they specifically want African-American or maybe it's all ethnicities, what age is it? So you can quickly scan and be like, nope, nothing there for me, even though it says women, because with that being said, we do send all female roles to all females. We're not an agency that has a bunch of ways to sort you and decide, you know, I think Stephanie would do really great at this. Um, and, you know, some people have not liked that. Some people have wanted a more handpicked, you know, um, agency. But we find that um, this has worked best. And uh, that's so that's why you're getting all the female roles. And, uh, you know, often there might be a few that aren't for you based on ethnicity or age. And, you know, you can just pass. And that's cool. Yeah, I personally like it because maybe you don't remember or realize that I'm actually really good at X, Y and Z, you know, and because things are in the subject line. If it says like 40s to 60s, I just delete it. I don't even open it. I don't even want to know about it. But, you know, like and what you're saying is there are a lot of our talent like we I hope you auditioned for uh, there was one uh, animation that just came out. You know, maybe with some of my new talent, I like, oh, I didn't realize you could play under 18. You know, some of these animation roles are for, you know, 18 plus, um, but you're playing a 13 to a 16 year old. You know, I don't want to eliminate anybody. And do you send the auditions as they come in? Do you listen as they come in and then send them as they come in in batches? Or do you wait for your deadline so that you have then so you have the time to go through everything and then send for the casting director's deadline? Well, that's a good question, because I think sometimes it depends. It depends on whether you're working on a platform or whether you're working directly with a casting director. It depends. Sometimes things are moving very quickly. And I've had people, hey, just send them to me as you get them you know, and then I'll be listening every few hours. I mean, generally speaking, I listen every few hours anyway, just so that at the end, like it's due at two o'clock. I have listened when I, last night, I've listened this morning and then I'll listen after the deadline. But um, for the most part, I am batching them all up and sending them to casting in one pop because uh, that way they get them all and they're not missing anything. What stands out to you? What makes you go, this is in the yes pile, this is in the no pile? Well, things that are really wide and vague, you know, you're 20 to 65 year old. It's like, okay, great. And you want five, you know, <laughs> or that, that always frustrates me, you know, if it's that wide open. And then generally I do not have a limit on what I can send. And of course I'm listening because I want to make sure that person didn't sneak in, you know, uh, uh, quite a few of our guys um, feel like if it's 30 to 40, that means 45. <laughs> no, 30 to 40 means 30 to 39 or, you know, it's literally, it doesn't mean 40s. So that's, a, that's another thing. So if it's 40s, okay, that's 40 to 49, you know, and if it's 30 to 40, that's 30 to 39 and a half. Or something like that. You know what I mean? Um, so, so you know. So don't push it. Yeah. So those are, I'm listening for age range, you know, always. I'm listening for sound quality. And then 
really looking at the specs, like, you know, if they want super conversational and somebody's like, Hey, I'm an announcer and I think I'm being conversational, you know, I will eliminate that right away. I just know that that's not what they're looking for. Or if it's a jet, if it's a, an, an, you know, ethnicity issue, you know, I, I'm still getting people auditioning for ethnicities outside of their, you know, actual ethnicity when it's required. Hmm. So, um, you know, I'm contacting talent to make sure I didn't, you know, misunderstand their ethnicity and letting them know that, that, you know, unless it's like, you know, video games want a British accent, they're not usually asking for British people. They're asking for accents um, and you can get away with that, but you cannot get away with an accent. It's not authentic for something that is uh, localization or going to be uh, aired in that country. Mm -hmm. And, you know, sometimes talent gets offended with me because I'm like, well, unless you're fooling, unless you're booking and you're fooling British people that you're British, you know, okay, let me know that you're doing that. And then I'll feel a little more comfortable. But you know, when the casting saying authentic native British speakers, I'm really not comfortable um, submitting somebody I know isn't, you know? So, uh, you know, that kind of thing, I'll eliminate people if it's an accent and it's not a good accent, they, you know, or a character and they're dropping in and out of character, um, you know, Southern accents that aren't good, you know, those kinds of things, um, you know, we can't send. But for the most part, I'd like to say that we have really good talent and that I send everybody, you know, that that does the spec that it is, you know, if they're the spec, I'm going to send them because they have a slightly different timbre in their voice or they had a little bit more of a smile in a certain area or, you know, they have a lower, higher register. Um, you know, you just, you just never know. And I, and I don't want to eliminate somebody's opportunity because I'm overthinking the casting. Mm, right. That's what we do best in our booths is overthink the casting. <laughs> <laughs> so what, you know, I've, I've asked everybody, literally, um, what is your interpretation? Uh, what are you looking for when it says conversational, you know, not announcery, very real, authentic. When you hear, when you read those buzzwords on all of these auditions and then you're listening through, what are you listening for? What jumps out at you? Well, let me give it to you that if I were, if I were a voiceover person, how I would approach it. So first of all, I would throw away line periods at the end and punctuation and the fact that one thing's on one line and another thing's on another line. So I would, I, I would read it as if I were just speaking it and like we're, we're doing right now um, is very conversational. I mean, you, you have a knack for that and um, you know, it sounds like you, but yes, it is a little processed. So, so you know that the end result in a lot of people say, well, that doesn't sound conversational. Well, you don't know what they've done with it at the end. They know what they were looking for in the beginning back, going back to me as an actor. So I would throw out all that stuff and I would just read it as with my own inflections, with my own, ways of moving the words. And, um, and I would do it with intention of who am I talking to? And it's always going to be somebody really close to you. I'm going to talk to my kid sister, or I'm going to talk to my mom because, you know, I'm concerned about her health and, uh, you know, so figure out who you're talking to because you're not just reading words on a page and, you know, giving you like, you know, VO 101. Um, and then, uh, throw it away in a way. I mean, don't get caught up with um, 
how you think what you think they want. Just be yourself. Just be as natural in you, be coming from you, coming from that authentic part of you that knows exactly what those words are supposed to be saying. And, you know, and, and you're not selling anything. You're just, you, you know, you're, 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 you're just caressing the words for what they are. Um, I don't, I don't know. And so I listen for people that are pushing, that aren't creating some sort of unnatural pace with their words, you know, um, that over enunciation thing. Um, so some people have like, you know, you get these guys with these big voices and, you know, I'm like, Oh, that's a problem already. You know, <laughs> And it's like, how do you not play up? How does, and I've had this with women who have naturally kind of sexy voices. I'm like, you need to take the sexiness out of your voice because everything isn't sexy. And it sounds, it sounds overdone. So I guess figuring out like, where do you lie in the spectrum of just kind of being natural versus where does, has your voice taken on a affectations because of the market or because of whatever? So, so that's kind of what I'm listening for. And, and there's certain people like you on our roster where I know there, there, there are our natural people. And, um, you know, I have somebody who, who makes us pitch people and I can only pitch a few people and then they pick from who we pitch and I'm pitching demos. And that always like, it's like, Oh, I'm pitching a demo. And you know, maybe their demo is a couple of years old, or maybe they don't have, I always tell people, put your natural, your authentic, natural you as your first take on your demo. I don't care what anybody, I don't care what anybody tells you who's doing it, you know, for you, they want to put the shebang one up first, you know, don't put shebang up first, put you being you. Because when I have to pitch demos and that's what they're looking for, they may not listen to number two or number three, where you really came in real. And I think it's interesting for the listeners to have heard several people say basically what you just said, which is, who are you talking to? Which sometimes we forget when we're running through, you know, oh, my gosh, I have 20 auditions to do in the next two days. And uh, I don't know, I'm just going to do them. You know, I think we sometimes we forget to just like take a breath, read the script take it in, figure out those basic things like who are we talking to, because that already is going to give us a leg up on the people who are just running through them. Right. And also there's there's often a problem and a fix, you know, with commercial stuff. It's like, you know, you got a bug problem, you know, then we've got your solution, you know, kind of thing. So there's often, you know, uh, it's often a story, you know, it often takes that same beginning, middle and end and, and, and looking for um, in the script where things change, where you can, you get it. Like I like to say, oh, this person got it. They got the joke or they got the, you know, without, you know, some, sometimes they give you direction, you know, you'll get direction from the client um, during the audition process. Um, and, you know, that's another thing. So I'm looking for somebody that isn't reading it the same way all the way through. And I'm trying to be as natural as I can. So I'm not giving you anything. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know, that's not good either. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's such a balance. Yeah. And, you know, so many times I'll listen to stuff and like, you know, I can hear how from what it should, what people are giving me, what it shouldn't sound like or what it should sound like. You know, I, I listen to enough reads that I can be like, oh, I know what they're looking for. Gosh darn it! Why did why did they use that inflection? You know, they got a great voice, but then they used a weird inflection, or they said, you know, they didn't get it. Um, you know, we just did one that was like um, they had to be like talking to somebody over in the other side of the room. Hey, you! You know, you got to do that. You got to give them. You can't go. 
oh, hey, you, can you go get that? You know, you got to you got to throw your voice if they're looking for that, you know, especially if you get the script, you know, those people that get it are, you know, or, or, you know, we did have one where they were supposed to be kind of throwing their voice. I, I didn't put the people that didn't throw their voice. Because, you know, that reflects on us. Well, why am I letting this go through if it's really not what the casting needs? Yeah. And that's such a great reminder, too, of the whole process. Like, again, kind of back to what we said before, like, it's like a whole chain of people. You know, we want to do really well so that we, you know, kind of make the cut from you. But then you also want to do really well to give the casting people what they wanted and the best of the bunch so that they hire you again and then the casting people want to do the same to the client so the client hires them again. So we're all sort of in one giant team. And and I've also like sometimes I'll say, I need you to only submit, you know, if it's 20 to 30 and 30 to 40 and 40 to 50, say age range, I cannot have you submit to all three. And and I've had people I say, please, some, some on some animation and video, they'll say, Submit to all that you want. And so I'll pass that. But sometimes I'm just, if, even if they if they don't say that, I'm like, please don't submit to everything, you know, because then I get like basically the same read. Like you just read in your own voice, but you I just auditioned for 15 parts. But especially on animation, you know, really think about the character. Um, can you really do all 15 characters good? You know, maybe you can do three. Yeah. You know, maybe five. I mean, usually it's not 15, but you know what I'm saying? It's like, it's like, pick where you think you fit really well, you know, or if you can really, really give each character its own spin, you know, if like one is a sassy pants and the other one's a do-gooder and then the other one is like really shy, you know, can you, can your voice give me all of, of, of those characteristics, you know, separate? And if you can, awesome, then audition for all of them. What's your favorite type of audition to work on? Is it the animation stuff or commercial or a specific type of commercial? Um, no, I like them all. I, you know, I, ones I don't like are sound alikes, you know, because then I'm like, okay, I've been, what am I supposed to sound like? I have to go back and I have to go back and forth and back and forth. And I'm like, oh, they kind of did, you know, should I send it? Is, you know, is anybody spot on? And we get do get some of those sound alike. So that's really hard for me. That's funny. Those are some of my favorites because I think it's a good challenge. Uh, yeah, hey, I'm good for you. <laughs> but I can imagine how tedious that that would be to listen to the reference and then the person over and over and over again for X number. Yeah, or then, then you know, you think you're listening to the reference, but you've got the last person in your head, you know? And you're like, wait, 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 who am I, who am I matching this up with? I just, I don't know. Um, so that, yeah, so those probably are not my favorite. Um, and I often pass some of those to Ange. Um, you know, I, I don't know if y'all know this, but like um, when you send your audition to us, uh, Dropbox adds an extra name on it. And so even though, you know, we're asking you to specifically do it a certain way, so we don't have to change everything. There are some people that we do have to change the name of the file for, and there are some that we don't, you know? Um, so then there's this like, you know, 17 animation characters and people are doing multiples because that's okay. And they can, and then, you know, the names have to be a certain way. And, <laughs> you know, you're like 300 names. I have to change the files on. Oh my gosh. And then listen to them. And I'm just like, Oh my gosh, <laughs> can I do something else in between? You know, just it because it's an administrative thing. It's not even the creative part. So, you know, in those cases, those, those are very challenging because you're, you know, you're 
get, you want to get all the characters together so you can get that character in your head and you can think about it as you're listening, you know, and then, and probably those are some that, you know, may be eliminated because they didn't quite, they weren't a baritone or they weren't, you know, if it's asking for a lower voice for a woman and somebody comes in with a high voice, you know, that's not what they're asking for. So those are a little, you know, more tedious and I might give myself more time for those. Right. You Mm -hmm. know, that's always a questionable, you know, about turnaround. And, you know, I do need, sometimes it's like two hours and then I've got to get those auditions to somebody. I'm thinking of that right now. Like when we get off the phone, I've got to send some, something to somebody, but I've already listened to most of them. But, but sometimes I'll give myself a whole weekend, you know, and I will end up working on the weekend because I've got, you know, a 15 role animation and I know there's lots of people auditioning. And if we as voice actors and, you know, of course, every agent is different, but if we ever have, you know, like a question about an audition, if something isn't clear, you know, I, I often see in Facebook groups, I just got this, you know, a frantic post. I just got this audition from my agent and I'm I'm not quite sure. Here's the, you know, I think they're asking for two takes of each script, but are they asking for two takes of one script and then two takes of the other script? Like, should we just reach out to the agent and say, help us figure this out, you know, or are you guys just so busy that you would rather us? No. And, and you know, sometimes I think, oh, I should have answered that less quickly. You know, like I, I'm like, oh, I just got an email, bam, it's gone. You know, because I tend to like, if I don't answer right away, it could get buried and that's happened. Um, usually at the end of the night, I go through and make sure I've answered everybody's email. But um, sometimes if it's, if, if people, I just want to say any of my talent out there, if you get a short, quick answer from me, it's not because I mean, or I think you shouldn't have asked that question. It's just, I'm, I tend to be overly efficient. Mm. And sometimes I think I may put people off, but I welcome, if you have a question about it, you should, you know, you should reach out by email. Please don't text me um, your questions, but some people, you know, have my phone number or I've texted them before, like, say, I just sent you a callback, please check your email. You know, I might do that because I didn't think you got it. You know, um, it's another, another way to reach out to you. But for the most part, an email, I'm going to, I'm, you know, I'm on my email. As you know, I'm 24 seven. I'm, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, that, and, and ask if it's not clear. And sometimes, you know, I'll get three of the same question. So then I go back to Cassie and say, I'm not really clear on what you're asking for. Or, um, you know, I can see that before I send it out, it doesn't make sense to me, (laughs) you know, know? Um, or I might send it out and then have an update, you know, because I want to get it out to you. um, So you can start looking at it. But, you know, I know that there's probably going to be some questions. Or like I said, if I get two or three people asking me the same thing, I'm like, "Eh, let me find out. Go to the source and be be proactive, because a lot of times people will tell me, like, uh, this isn't the right script. And I'll be like, well, thank you for letting me know. I, you know, let me get that update out. And, um, you know, because I make mistakes and, you know, we're all peers, we're, we're peers, you know, colleagues. Um, we just play a different role, you know? So, so please don't feel like we're untouchable. We're there for you. Um, and, you know, the squeaky wheel gets the grease in a way, right? You know, you ask me questions, we get to know each other better. Um, I, I wouldn't be afraid. 
Yeah. Somewhere along the line, I think, too, it's especially if you're newer to the business or newer to a specific agent that you're working with, you just want to make a good impression. You don't want to seem like the person who doesn't get it or you don't want to seem confused. You want to seem professional, whatever the you know, whatever is going on in in our voice actor heads. But, you know, we have to remember, too, that you guys are also just people. And you, again, like you want us to be on your team and get the job and, you know, so that you also can get the job. We're we're basically, um, you know, us uh, salespeople because, you know, we make our 10 percent when you when you work. So we work for nothing. Um, and we, and you work for, I mean, you send an audition out for nothing, right? You know, we're all just kind Mm -hmm. of working on spec and we're really all in the same boat. So that's why I'm just saying, we're just, we're just playing different roles where the, you know, if you think of us like a wheel, we're just different spokes of the wheel that keep the wheel rolling. Um, so I would encourage my talent and I would encourage other people to, you know, build that relationship with their agent. You know, I've had people check in and just be super sweet. Like, you know, I'm just want to say thanks for all the opportunities. I'm like, Oh, that's so sweet. And I've had people say, Hey, I'm going to be booked out because I'm having a baby. I'm like, Oh my gosh, what's the baby's name? And, you know, I've even had the phone calls where I have cancer and I'm not going to be able to be recording for a while. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, can we hold you in the light? And, you know, and so that's the human side of this business and where we want to, you know, connect with people. And, um, you know, you know, when I, and even when I'm listening to auditions with people, I can sometimes, if I've seen you before, I've seen your picture online, you know, it's like, I have a picture of you in my mind, you know? Um, so I just think it's all about keeping it real and remember that we're people and that we make mistakes. And that I think, the most poignant times for me with our talent has been where we've had to um, we've, you know, there's been a situation there. I mean, there was a big thing when voice bank ended and voices.com started, and you know, there was a lot of thrashing going on about that. You know, when you have to write a heartfelt letter to your people or where you have to say to somebody, you know, I kind of messed up and um, I'm really sorry, you know, or whatever it, it, it makes you more real. It, it, you know, the hardest things you think to, that you're going to have to do end up being the things that lift you and the other people up. And, you know, that to me is worth it. It's worth it to be transparent, be honest, because that's, it's just all about communication and, 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 and being a cheerleader, you know, for your people. Um, and even when people move on, because we're, we're not, you know, a major player in every industry, right? You know, we're a smaller agency, but we get great auditions. That says a lot about you guys. But I just think that to, to, to kind of be real with where you're at and be open um, and listen, it's just being the human part of what is your, you know, biggest piece of advice for people who are newer to the industry? Mm, good one. Um, okay. So I get a lot of calls, people saying, you know, the same thing. And, and I think the first thing you need to do is, and now that the world is flat and that everything's on zoom and it's not like you're going to show up to a class, uh, to, to go from a particular teacher, uh, although that may come back soon. Um, but is to get a, some sort of introductory class on 
what exactly is voiceover? What's the market? Who's booking? You know, start listening to, you know, if you're interested in commercial work, what's, who you hear on the radio? Is there anybody that sounds like you out there? You know, um, is, you know, do, do you feel like there's a place for you? And, you know, start asking yourself these questions and take a class. You're going to have to invest some money. If you have to save up to put your, you know, my voiceover dream, call it, you know, a bank account, um, it, you're going to have to invest some money in this business. And I know and people don't want to hear that. They're like, everybody tells me I have a great voice, you know. Well, now it, it's no longer is the day of getting discovered and you're on that path. There's a, you know, as you know, you've built a booth and, and you've got equipment. I'm not saying everybody has to build a booth, but you do have to cut out an area in your home, in your life, in your reality where you can focus on this career because it is a career. It's not, it's, if it's a hobby, then cool, you know, like do some podcasts, you know, do some, uh, you know, uh, I don't know, you know, make up your own stories and do them and, and enjoy that. But if you're going to be in the business, it has parameters. You're going to need a microphone. You're going to need, um, you know, to understand sound engineering. You're going to need somewhere quiet you can record. You're going to need to be around your peers. Join join a workout group or get on a chat and start just asking those questions to those people. And, um, you know, it's out there. You can find all those things. We, we have a list that you all helped us compile of different workshops and different teachers and different organizations. Um, but you can just Google, you know, the best VO workshops and you're probably going to get the ones that are on our list, you know? <laughs> um, so I think there's no easy pill to take. And a lot of times I think people like, you know, they just want to go get an agent and then their life is done. And I'll, you know, every time those people call, I'll say, you know, we're not your first, we're not your first stop. If you're brand new at this, we, we want you to check us back out after you've you know, gone on a pay to play site, done some marketing, you know, Hey, I think I have a good automotive voice. We'll start, you know, in your area and see if you can do those auto ads. Cause they're changing every week. You could have a real steady thing going on or, you know, reach out to radio stations and see what kind of, you know, ads they do. And I mean, there's just so many ways people can market themselves to see if it's even anything they like. Right. Um, so those are always my advices to brand brands, banking new people. Um, and then if you've taken a class and you're dedicated, then get the equipment, you know, practice, practice, practice. Um, yeah, that's well, my advice. Thank you so much for, for all of the advice and thoughts that you've had. I think it's been super, super helpful and informative for both people who are in the business, have been in the business for a while and, and people just starting out. So I really appreciate you taking the time. Well, thank you for asking me. And it's been a real pleasure to chat with you. You know what? I, I enjoy our conversations and I hope this one is a helpful one to folks out there. So thanks. I love Andrea's down to earth energy and her reminder that we're all human. Sometimes the gatekeeper types like agents and casting directors can seem intimidating or unreachable. But like so many others I've interviewed this season have said, they're just like us. We're all just looking to connect with people and form relationships. And I loved what she said about how we're all in the same boat. We as voice actors and our agents are essentially working for nothing till we book something. And then once we hopefully book it, we can get paid and then our agents can get paid too. As Andrea said, we're peers and colleagues. We just play a different role. 
If you'd like to learn more about Andrea, I'm linking her website in the show notes, which you can find at my website, makingittothemic.com. And if you found this episode helpful or interesting, please share it with a voiceover friend. Thank you so much for listening. And here's a little preview of next week's episode. I'm looking for people who who kind of do the homework of making a person, not necessarily making a voice, because there are a lot of people who can do voices. I'm looking for someone who makes a person who has a voice. That's next week on Making It to the Mic.